So I'm back. Um, week 8 has concluded. I'm going to give you guys my top 10 and also my weekly top 10 with my record and how I did this weekend. And also, and also a college football breakdown of the playoff four because it's coming. It's it, it, the, the playoffs is coming. I cannot wait. College football is getting real interesting. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break down a couple scenarios, and I also want to give you guys my Super Bowl bubble. I'm bringing back my Super Bowl bubble. I'm gonna give you guys my Super Bowl bubble from the NFC and AFC combined, and tell you what I think. Let's go. Okay, so I'm back. Back for a conclusion of week eight, a breakdown, a, a breakdown of week eight. So finally, I I want to give you guys my week eight record. I went twelve and three. I did amazing this week. Um, and my overall record for the year is eighty two thirty six and one. I did a hell of a job of picking these games. And I'm telling you, if you want easy money, if you want to go out there, jump out there and bet. And risk it all. <laughs> I am the perfect guy to do it with. I my my picks are spot on. My picks are spot on every week. I think the only down week that I had was week six when I went eight and five. But every other week I I, I I've been great and I still was over five hundred every week. I've been over five hundred when it comes to the win loss in my re- in my record with picking these games. I can I actually watch the games. I analyze all these teams. I try my best to come in here, give you guys an educated guess with some reasoning behind it. Yeah, just like in English class. Your thesis, you know, you get, have your evidence backing your, your statement and whatever your thesis statement is. Have your evidence, textual evidence backing it up. And then give some significance behind it. Like, I, I have my claim, my evidence, and then my significance. And I, I come in here and give you guys that Every every week, I give you guys that every week, and hopefully, if you are gambling, take some chances. <laughs> um, gambling is legal. If you are taking some chances, just listen to me. Listen to me on a weekly basis, and you, you're gonna come out. You're gonna come out a winner. You're gonna win more than you lose. Let's just put it like that. So, um, I want to get to my top ten, and then after I get to my top ten. Um, maybe we'll talk about the Browns, and then excuse me, and then this my my Super Bowl bubble that I'm bringing back. So, um, without further without further ado, let's get to my top ten. Isaiah's top ten for, for the conclusion of Week Eight. Okay, so you guys might find it surprising, but when they're actually healthy, I love this team. The Cowboys at ten. When they have their O-line healthy, their defense is getting stops. I like this Cowboy team, and I only had them at 10 because they're 4-3. and three. They they had a bye week this week, but they're 4-3. and three. They got a couple division games coming up. A tough stretch, but if this team, you're telling me if this team is healthy, I like what they have. I like, I like, I like their starters. 
from from ele- from one to twenty two. I don't know if anybody else ha- in the league has a better one to t- through twenty two in football. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't think nobody has a one through twenty two better than the Cowboys. When they're healthy, they're clicking. Um, and get this, they're the best team on third down football. That 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 matters. That matters in this league. So ten Cowboys at ten. At nine, the Vikings. Um, I think it's kind of like fool's gold with the Vikings. I I, I like this team. I, I like I, I like it, but they had trouble beating the Redskins on primetime football. They, they had the primetime game. They had trouble beating the Redskins. The Redskins are one and seven. They had a backup coach, a backup quarterback, an, in, an interim coach. The team is not very good, and the Vikings really struggled to put them away. So I don't know what to quite make out of the Vikings. Um, I like everybody else on their team. The receivers are good. The running backs are good. O line is solid. Um, front seven is solid. The back end of their defense is really good. I just don't. I don't. I don't trust Kirk Cousins in big spots. I just don't. Um, they've been hit with the injury bug. But they pressure the quarterback. They are they they are one of the top teams in sacks. So they get to the quarterback. I don't love their defense, but I think once Patty Mahomes come back, give them a little bit a little bit more offensive spark. They will win a couple games in a row. They have sole position of the AFC West because I don't buy Oakland, even though they have surprised me. I don't buy them. Um, Denver's awful, and I don't buy the Chargers either. So, I think Kansas City, once Mahomes come back, which will be next week probably, um, or this week, they'll probably win uh, They'll probably win several straight, couple straight, and they have sole position AFC West, but they've been hit with the injury bug, and that's why they are at 8. At 7, the Rams. Um, the Rams are 5-3. and three. Sean, Sean McVay, 10-0 against AFC teams. Has not lost the AFC team yet. Um, I, I, they, they have a nice receiving core. The Jalen Ramsey acquisition has helped. Um, they play against Cincinnati, though. So, let's just pump our brakes. But I, I, I still like the Rams. I still like the Rams. But I think they are in a tough division um, where I think they could possibly finish third. And Sean McVay's offensive philosophy or his offensive like game plan is solely is solely predicated on the success of Todd Gurley and how much can he handle and Todd Gurley just hasn't been Todd Gurley this year. At six, the Texans. Um JJ Watt is out for the year. Killer. But Usually around this time, Deshaun Watson after after September, Deshaun Watson's fifteen and five. Like he's really good. I know the Texans have a bad rep for not being a good playoff team, but Deshaun Watson when he starts to really ramp it up around this time, he's fifteen and five. So I like the Texans at six. O line still scares me, but Deshaun Watson he's the difference maker. I think. They win the AFC South, but he's really the difference maker for me. I'm sorry. Really the difference maker for me. At six, I have... Oh, excuse me. I had the Texans at six. At five, I have the Baltimore Ravens. They control time possession. They run the football effectively. 
Lamar Jackson is getting better as time go on. Um, I don't know about the when I don't know I don't know what people were talking about with the elite status. I'm not gonna give him elite status. I mean, goddamn, we can't he like we gotta see more. Can he throw the ball down the field? I mean, I'm not giving him elite status, but he is really talented, mobile. I like him. He is the new breed of quarterbacks that's in the league. So I like that aspect of him to him. John Harbaugh, good coach, check. Good front office check, and their defense is good. I like, I like how, I like where Baltimore stands, but the but Lamar Jackson receivers have to do a better job with not letting him down and so many drop passes. But they got some guy, they got speed. They have a the, boy, the Ravens have a lot of speed, and they're really good offensively. They're re, they're not, they're nicely balanced. I like the Ravens at five. Um, I, they can possibly give New England some trouble this come this upcoming week. At four, the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers. He's a bad man. I've been telling you guys that for the last few weeks that he has, you know, the first four weeks, everybody's like, oh, what's going on with Green Bay's offense? The, green, the defense is carrying them. What's going on with Green Bay offense and Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has got MVP conversation, and he... He, he, I mean, he's playing phenomenal. Some of the throws that he made on Sunday night, absolutely just, just sick. I mean, crazy throws. Not many guys in the league, probably two guys in the league that can make throws like that. Mahomes, Wilson, and Russell Russell Wilson, but he is crazy good. Aaron Rodgers is playing some good football. Uh, I like the, I like Preston Smith and Ladarius Smith. They're getting, but Matt Moore look a little bit too comfortable. On Sunday night, he was looked very. He looked really comfortable. Chiefs offense didn't have no problem scoring. Chiefs de- the Chiefs offense and Matt Moore did not lose them that game. The defense lost them that game. Um, so Packers at four though. Three the Saints. Good line play. I come in here every week and I say good line play, good line play. Their def- you like when people think of the Saints, they automatically think of Drew Brees and the high electrifying offense. But that's not really what they are. They are a team that doesn't really have a deep pass, a deep catching, like a deep guy, that guy that can go deep. They don't really have that threat, really. A lot of this stuff is underneath, run the ball, ground and pound. Years back, several years back, when we think of the Saints and Drew Brees, we thought of... High power offense in the dome, throw the ball 40, 45 times, and score 40 points. That's not really who they are now. They are a team that has they're a team that has a good defense, good line play. Drew Brees doesn't throw the ball down the field. He doesn't have nobody that can stretch the field. Michael Thomas is really good, but he's a possessional type of he's a possessional type of receiver. So he he catches a lot of he, he he's really good on third down. But they don't have a down the field threat. That they don't really have that. They've been lacking that for some years now. But they are a team that runs the football, throws a lot of underneath routes. That's who the that, that's who the Saints are. So they're not electrifying whatsoever. They can score. They can score in bunches, but they're not electrifying. Patriots. Um, offensively. Uh, because I feel like they should have, with all the turnovers that the defense forced or that Cleveland gave up, uh, um, 
I feel like they should have scored more than 24 points. They sh- I feel like they should have scored more. I mean, I felt like that that was that should have been like a classic New England butt whipping, and it was. But the Browns didn't. The Browns letting time possession. The Browns had more yards per per, per play. The Browns had more rushing yards. The defense played well, but it didn't feel like one of those New England dominant New England wins at Foxborough. It didn't feel like that. It really didn't. And if those turnovers didn't occur, I wondered how that game would have played out because the Browns really did play well, but they're sloppy themselves and then the Browns. But I think the Patriots do have some question marks offensively with with the passing targets. They, I know they acquired Muhammad Sanu. But he just got, he just was traded last week. He only had a week in preparation. So, still got to learn the playbook. They're still missing the tight end. So, I don't know. Um, 49ers. Their offense, Kyle Shanahan, ground and pound. Their offense really doesn't rely on nobody. And they have talent. Don't get this wrong. They have talented guys on the offensive side of the ball. But... It's not like first round, second round talent. Like a lot of these guys, undra- Matt, um, Breida, Matt, Bre- Matt Breida, um, he's undrafted. Tevin Coleman with a third, fourth round pick. Garoppolo wasn't, a, he wasn't a first rounder. Uh, George Kittle wasn't a first rounder. Like a lot of these guys that they have on the offense are not first rounders. And they were late, they were late in the draft type of guys. And, Kyle Shanahan is making a way out of... He's making... He's making them work. He's making it work. He's making it work. Good old line. Defense is phenomenal. I think they are, right now, they are, like, my sole favorite to give the Patriots a lot of trouble. So, 49ers at one. I'll be back with the Super Bowl bubble. Hello? Okay, so Super Bowl bubble. Um, I did this earlier before the season started. Did this way before the season started. Um, I gave you a list of teams, about eight, eight, ten, about eight, seven to eight teams that I thought were legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Now that week eight is past and we're we're now past the halfway point of the NFL season, I want to give you guys my updated Super Bowl bubble. These are teams now. I'm going to have one team that's outside the bubble. That one team that's outside the bubble, I think, are Super Bowl contenders. But I have to see more in how they go through their schedule. Um, health is, is a concern. Multiple barriers um, lies, lies right there. But I'm going to have teams that's within my bubble, I feel legitimate about putting them in my Super Bowl bubble um, going into this season. I think these are teams that can win a Super Bowl this season. So let's just start with the teams that's outside of my... I have two teams outside of my Super Bowl bubble. And mind you, I think these are two good teams. 
I think two good teams that can make the playoffs, and they're in the same division. I think they can both make the playoffs, but I think one will probably make the playoffs. Um, but I think both teams are built to win a couple games on the road in any climate or weather um, and, and, and potentially go to the Super Bowl. Now, the first team that's outside the Super Bowl bubble as of right now is the Eagles. Um, the Eagles are outside. Uh, I've raved about the Eagles Be- beginning of this season. They got off to a, ret- a rough stretch due to health in the secondary, health concerns in the secondary, and then them missing Deshaun Jackson f- now going on seven weeks now. Going on seven weeks, they've been missing Deshaun Jackson. So Carson Wentz really hasn't had a deep threat down a down the field vertical threat that he can throw to these past seven weeks. Still no excuse to to, to the way how he was playing, uh, but just a note that he hasn't had a guy that can stretch the field and take the top off the defense. That's one issue that I have with Philly. Um, their secondary, Philly's secondary is god awful. Um, it's god awful. Any quarterback that they they face, any quarterback that they face, like a Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, they light they they light up their 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 secondary. So just imagine when Philly has to see Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or or Drew Brees, that 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 secondary is going to get torn into shreds. I do worry about that. The things that I like about Philly, I like Philly's structure. Howie Rose, Howie Roseman, smart GM. Competent front, competent guy in the front office. I love Philly for that. Um, Doug Peterson, I don't love him, but I like him. I like him enough where he's he's a Super Bowl winning coach. You can't take that away from him. So I like Doug Peterson. Not don't particularly love him like I love Belichick or Kyle Shanahan, but I like I like Doug Peterson. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. You can't take that away from him. Like I said, Carson Wentz, I think is another. Like another question mark that people had, that everybody had going into the season and looking further down the road as far as playoff success. Um, because when the when the Eagles have the, the Eagles last two playoff runs, their Super Bowl victory and they when they beat Chicago last year and lost to the Saints in the divisional round. Those those teams were led by Nick Foles. Those were Nick Foles led teams. Um, Carson Wentz was out due to health, and Nick, those were Nick Foles, those are just Nick Foles' teams, led teams in the postseason, so we have not seen Carson Wentz in the postseason, that's a question mark, secondly, health, his health is a question mark, but I think people were, I think the media, and, 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 and certainly me, what I was ex- expecting and looking for from Carson Wentz was, to show that he is an elite, he but he deserves to be in that same class as a Mahomes and Watson and, and Russell Wilson and was Luck, but I, he that was that was what I thought he was going to take it to. This that's that's the level that I thought he was going to go to this year. Hasn't happened so far, but like I said, like I mentioned earlier. No Deshaun Jackson, so no vertical threat down the field. Aguilar, he's fine, but he he has a tendency of dropping passes. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is he's nice, but he got banged up early in the season. 
And then teams just double the teams just double on Zach Ertz because they like okay force everybody else to beat us we're gonna double on Zach Ertz so Zach Ertz gets he sees he he often sees a lot of double teams but I like this Philly team um solid O line solid D line I like this Philly team um now the second team that's outside my Super Bowl bubble that's outside of it is the Cowboys uh I like like I t- I said this when I was doing my top ten. From one to twenty-two, I don't think there's I don't think there's a better roster than the Cowboys. And I know you guys are probably, you're, you're a Cowboys supporter. No, I'm not just saying that. Like from one to twenty-two, how many teams can say they are better than the Cowboys? From one to twenty-two, I'm not talking about backups. I'm not talking about coaching. Not I'm talking about from one to twenty-two starters, just starters on the field. Who has a better who has a better one to twenty two than the Cowboys? They got an elite running back. They got at least two elite linemen. They got a third lineman that's pretty good. Older but pretty good. They got an elite wide receiver. They have a nice slot receiver. They have a good young second second receiver in Michael Gallup. Winton is okay. Then their defense, they have a good D-line with Robert Quinn, who's playing his, his tail off. Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. Now Michael Bennett. And then their linebacking core with Vanderish, Sean Lee, and, and Jalen Smith. And then their secondary with Awuzier, Byron Jones, Hayf. Like, who has, like, probably Minnesota can probably make the argument but from 1 to 22 on both sides of the ball, who has a better team than the Cowboys? So I have them as my second team outside of my Super Bowl bubble. Um, I know coaching is often the issue with the Cowboys. Jason Garrett, um, the lack of adjustments that he makes. I know that is often an issue with most critics of the Cowboys. It's coaching, um, Dak, you got to be honest, Dak. That you know, some people question Dak. I don't know why, but they question Dak. Um, and then them having a lot of hatred as the Cowboys. But I, I, I see them as a contender. Um, their roster is really good. They have a lot of elite players, but I think it's the combination of the coach and the quarterback getting better, and I think that will ultimately take them to the next level. Now on to the, the teams that's actually inside the bubble. Um, the Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks are in here. They are inside my Super Bowl bubble because I think with with Russell Wilson on your team, I think, and Pete Curl, with those two minds, um, and Russell Wilson being the magician and elite quarterback that he is, I think you can go anywhere and you can win with him. Anywhere and you can win, for, you can win with him. Suspect offensive line. Okay run game, okay receivers, and an okay defense. I think you can go anywhere and win with Russell Wilson. Um, I think you can go anywhere and win with Russell Wilson. So that's why Seattle is in here. You have, when you have one of these elite guys, I think you can win. Um, the second team that's inside, the 49ers. Uh, I, I told people told you guys before the season started San Francisco this was the easiest bet to make 
San Francisco last year won four games. They got everybody back healthy. They rebuilt their defense through, through the draft and free agency. Camp, coming into the season, I told you guys, San Francisco will be the team that will double, that will double their wins and get to the playoffs. So far, they are 7-0, and and practically, if they win three more games, they're practically in, they're practically in the playoffs. They, they have 10 wins. So if they, have, if they get three more wins, they'll be practically in the playoffs. And I told you guys that their front seven is real. Now people want to believe me. Now that they see the dominance throughout the first seven weeks, eight weeks, people want to believe me about this 49er team. But I've been, I've been on this 49er bandwagon for a minute now. I told you guys at the beginning of the season, San Francisco is going to shock a lot of people. The 49ers are better than what people think and what people give them credit for. Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, as far as offensive, creative minds, he's tops. He's tops. I look at Sean, everybody loves Sean McVay, but Sean McVay's offensive success is predicated off of Todd Gurley. Kyle Shanahan's offensive success, offense success, it's based off of nobody. It's based off of nobody. One week it's the running backs. One week it's a it's George Kittle. Another week is one of the young wide receivers that they have. Um, everybody scores. It's a everybody scores in this offense. It's not just heavily reliant on Todd Gurley or or heavily reliant on a running back. No, they have two and three backs, which I've been told you that is more that is where the good teams do. Philly has multiple running backs. New England has multiple running backs. New England been doing that for years. And San Francisco has multiple running backs. Even New Orleans has multiple running backs. They have two, they have two and three-headed monsters. So I, I've been on the bandwagon for this San Francisco team. I told you guys, front seven is solid. Um, wasn't sure about the back end, but the secondary turns out to be pretty decent. Richard Sherman's turning back the clock. He's he's got he's gotten a, a, a several interceptions now in the season. Told you guys this San Francisco forty time this San this San Francisco forty nine er team is real. It's real. I don't know what else I can say. It's real. Um, on to the next. My last NFC team. Well, no, I have two more NFC teams. Um, Green Bay. Green Bay before the season, I told you guys defense has improved. I like the I like the personnel that they have on defense. Eight weeks of the season, their defense has been good. Um, the past few weeks it has struggled. I like the Kansas City game on Sunday night. Matt Moore looked too comfortable. <laughs> Matt Moore looked too comfortable. Um, Matt Moore look he looked pretty solid. So Green Bay got to fix something right there. But the first four weeks, their defense really carried them. And now, now the past, the previous, the past four weeks, Aaron Rodgers has turned into the bad man that we know, and he has put himself in the MVP candidate and the MVP candidacy. So now it's a balance. It's a well. It's a it's a well oiled balance. And now I I legitimately I, I legitimately see it. The Packers as a Super Bowl contender. 
But even with without that, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers and a solid defense, I would always have the Packers as legit contenders because Aaron Rodgers is that good. And then my last NFC team, the Saints. Uh, the Saint. I see the Saints. Good line play. Um, I had and I had them. Funny thing is, I had the Saints taking a step back this year. Uh, I still had them winning the division, but I had the Saints taking a step back this year. Um, they don't look like they're taking a step back. <laughs> they have found a new way to play. They're I got like I mentioned at the top when I was doing my top ten. They are not the electrifying down the field throwing type team that you think they are. Or that they were several years ago. They're not that. They're, they're, they're frankly just not that no more. They are a team that runs the football, play good defense. Drew Brees hits Michael Thomas here and there. Underneath routes and a lot of out routes and third down conversions, he looks for Michael Thomas. That's what the Saints are. I love them in the Dome. Sean Payton's a great coach. Um, Now, on to the AFC. I want to first mention Houston. Uh, I have Houston in there. I have Houston in there because of Deshaun Watson. He's 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 special. He's a special talent. Hopefully he can stay upright and healthy. But he is a special talent, and you can't tell me otherwise. They made some improvements. Not the, the offensive line is not like Indianapolis or Dallas or or, or you know or um, Baltimore. It's not a it's not a great offensive line, but. It, it's gotten better. It's gotten better. Added Tunsil to the left as your left tackle. The the O line has gotten better, and the sacks the sack numbers have gone down since they have made the improvements in the O line. Um, JJ Watts out for the year, kind of hurts their defense, but I still I'm still hanging in there with the tight with the Texans. They'll be it. They, I put them in the bubble. Um, next team. Kansas City. Kansas City, I don't love their defense, but they calculate a lot of sacks. So I, I don't know if that's going to be able to, I don't know if that's good enough where they bend but don't break because I see the Kansas City defense break often where they, they can't just, they can't get stops. They can't get stops. So I, I, I'm not so sure or sold on their defense. But, of course, their offense, as you see, even with Matt Moore, they are still effective and electrifying. They still can hurt you in a multitude of ways, even with Matt Moore. Um, they Next few weeks, or well, even this week or next week, they get, um, they get Patrick Mahomes back. Of course, they're going to, they're gonna, I'm, I'm pretty sure once, once Kansas City gets healthy, I'm pretty sure they'll win several games in a row. They have a stranglehold on the AFC West, like I said in the, in, the, in the top ten. I think Kansas City will be just fine. And then my last team in the AFC is New England. New England's defense all time great. Their secondary is all time good. Um, they have some offense. They have some lingering offensive issues that need to be fixed. Um. And I think it will. I think it'll be fixed. Offensive mind that Josh McDaniels have, Tom Brady, the weapons that they have added. I think they will find a way to 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 get the offense together, to get it going. 
They got a good test coming up Sunday night football this week in week nine going against the Ravens at Baltimore. That should be a good outing. Um, Depending on what the Ravens do is how I look at them differently. If they put up a good fight against the Patriots or, hell, even beat the Patriots, I may be looking at the Ravens a little bit differently. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think New England going to get out with the victory. But I like New England's defense, of course. I mean, what can we say about them? New England defense is it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, um, offense is good. I mean, what else can we say about New England? They're just they they're, they're good. They're good. So that is that that is my Super Bowl bubble. Now next segment, I'm gonna give you my I'm gonna give you my college football scenarios for the playoff four because college football is heating up slowly but surely. I'll be back in the next segment. Okay, I'm back for the last segment. Um, I'm going to just talk about some college football. I haven't talked about college football since, hell, since it started. Um, so, we got a couple big matchups these next few weeks. Alabama's on a bye, LSU's on a bye. But we got Georgia and Florida, which can have some playoff. Uh, can have some playoff. This is a, some playoff in, implications in this game. We got. Florida and Georgia. Let's just start with the SEC. Now, with the playoff college, with the college football playoff four, I think, just going off what I see, I think Clemson and ACC, ACC sucks. Um, <laughs> I think from a bad man, I'm betting that Clemson wins out. I think Clemson's going to win out um, throughout the regular season, and then whoever they play in the conference final, I mean in the conference championship, I think Clemson to beat. So I think Clemson is a lock. Clemson is a lock for me to make the college football playoff. They are a lock for me to make the playoff. That leaves three other spots, of course. Now, we have Florida and Georgia, as I mentioned. But next week, next week, we have Alabama, LSU, we have LSU, Going to Alabama, going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, um, and that also has, of course, playoff implications. Now, I'm gonna, okay, so I'm gonna let's just do this. Let's do it like this. I'm gonna draw a road map of different scenarios, and hopefully, you guys can stay with me. Of different scenarios where I think. Ways teams can get in. Florida has one loss. Georgia has one loss. So between this Florida and Georgia game, the winner, most likely, the winner of this Florida and Georgia game is most likely to win the SEC East throughout the regular season and also as well be playing Either Georgia or even even be playing Alabama or Florida. I mean Alabama or LSU 
in the SEC championship game. Because I think the winner, this is how I'm putting it. The winner of Georgia and of Florida will play the winner of LSU and Alabama. Now, I, I like Florida this weekend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep on that and see where that goes. But the winner of LSU and Alabama will take on the winner of Georgia and Florida, I think, in the SEC championship game. Now, essentially, let's just say Florida wins. That gives Georgia... That gives Georgia two losses. So essentially, Georgia would be out of it. Um, so Florida would have a, it would be a one-loss Florida team going against possibly an undefeated LSU team or undefeated, most likely Alabama team. Now, depending on how LSU or Alabama, let's just say Florida wins. And LSU wins, and it's LSU and Florida in the SEC championship game. Now, Florida and LSU have already played each other in the regular season, SEC championship. Let's just say, for argument's sake, Florida wins and beats LSU in the SEC championship game. Florida, I think. Florida would have would have a legitimate case for going to the college football playoff, and I think if that was to happen, I think I'm pretty sure they would get in because the SEC is really good. LSU's back. Georgia's good. Alabama's good. LSU's good. Auburn good. Auburn's good, and Florida has they have a couple good wins on their resume. They would have beaten LSU. That beat Alabama. They would have beaten Georgia. They would have beaten Auburn. So, and Auburn and Alabama have to play each other at the end of the season, too. That's so. That's not a... But, let's get back. Florida beats LSU in the SEC Championship game. Florida gets in. Can a second... Can a second SEC team get into the playoffs? I think so. Because... Now let's shift. We so far we have with my argument so far we have two teams for the playoff four. We got Clemson and Championship game. Michigan Big Ten will will get they get one. They get their champion. The Big Ten will get their champion. And now, I think Ohio... Now, this is my personal thing. This is my personal bandana. I think Ohio State will win out. And I think Ohio State will win the Big Ten. Ultimately leading to them getting to conference title. Now, let's just say we throw a monkey ranch in here. And Michigan wins out. Penn State beats Ohio State, and with Michigan winning out, that means Michigan beats Ohio State. That gives Ohio State two losses. 
that means Michigan has to play Penn State in the Big Ten title game. And let's just say Michigan beats Penn State. Can a two-loss Michigan State team, Michigan, Michigan team, excuse me, not Michigan State, can a two-loss Michigan team get in, can they get in over a one-loss Oklahoma team? I don't think Oklahoma's going to lose again. Or a one-loss Alabama team or one-loss LSU team. Could a two-loss Michigan team get in before those teams? Because now that's the ultimate question. Let's just say LSU wins out. LSU beats Alabama and whoever else in the regular season that they play. And then LSU goes on, beat Florida or Georgia in the SEC championship game. And it's Clemson-LSU. So far as locks. And let's just say third team. We we put Oklahoma in there. So now that leaves the Big Ten champion, which in this argument is Michigan, because Michigan is a two loss team, but Michigan beat Ohio State, Ohio State lost to Penn State. And that gave Ohio State two losses. But the tiebreaker. So Michigan is the Big Ten champion. Can a two-loss Michigan team, despite them being a Big Ten, despite them being a champion, can they get in over a one-loss Alabama team that lost to LSU? Let's say Alabama just lose to LSU in a close game. College football classic. Let's just say they lose let they, they they lose to LSU in a close game. LSU is really good this year. LSU look like they 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 you can make the case that and many people many are that LSU is the best team in the country. Let's just say LSU plays Alabama plays LSU tough and Alabama loses in a classic. Does Alabama get in, or does Michigan get in before a one-loss Alabama team? Even though Michigan got beat by Wisconsin and beat by Penn State? Or do Michigan deserve to get in before Penn State? Just some things to think about. And I know it's a little bit confusing right now. But. Dude, dude. I mean, because it's, it's one spot left. We already have Clemson. And then we're already assuming. We're, we're, I'm just assuming for argument's sake. LSU wins out. And they are the SEC championships. Our SEC champions. And they are undefeated. And we say Oklahoma wins the Big 12. And they don't lose again. They Blow everybody out, and they finish the season with one loss. Do a one-loss Alabama team get in? Do a one-loss Penn State team get in? Do a two-loss Florida team get in? 
do a two-loss Michigan team get in? Or do a two-loss Ohio State team get in? That is five teams for one spot. Do a two-loss Michigan team, should they get in? Even if they win the Big Ten? Even if they win the Big Ten, should a Michigan, two-loss Michigan team make it before Alabama? Something to think about, right? Right. Just something to think about. But if I was a betting man today, I think, and this is not uh, uh, this is not my final prediction, but just for today and for this episode's sake, for this argument's sake, for this episode, let's just say, hmm, Clemson wins out, LSU wins out. They that means LSU beats Alabama. Ohio State wins out. Do a one-loss Oklahoma team get in or a one-loss Alabama team get in? Tough decision. I think a one-loss Alabama team gets in. I don't think Oklahoma makes it, despite them being a Big 12 champion. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> so, a little bit confusing. And if you don't watch college football, I suggest, you know, if you if that sound interesting, I suggest you start watching and learning. Um, but a two-loss team have made the playoff, the college football playoff before. An Ohio State, a two-loss Ohio State team, have, they have made it. So it's very, it's, it's very much possible to make the college football playoff as a two-loss team. Rare, but it's possible. And you have to win out. Which would be a tough thing for Michigan to do. But you have to win out and hope that some other teams lose as well. Because if Michigan wins out and Ohio State beats Michigan, that doesn't matter because Michigan will have their third loss. So... Just something to think about um, going into the next few weeks of the college football season. Pay, play close, pay close attention to those games because um, by the time Thanksgiving come up, I think the I think the picture should be more clear, and I think we can have uh, much clearer and decided like a, de- a decisive argument about how the college football playoff should go. Um, and how we or how how we see it or how I see it, um, I think it should. We will have a much clearer view and argument once a couple of these games go down. Like once the LSU Alabama game go down, Ohio State and Penn State, we should be able to see much clearer what, what's who's who and what's what. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. Once again, doing a good job. We have a. Local high school football coach interview coming up with Dunbar. We got that interview coming up. Dunbar is really hot right now. I think they're 8-0. They look really good. They are They are legit. So we got an interview coming up with that head coach. Can't wait for that. Tune in for that. Um, World Series. 
Houston's up 3-2. We'll see what happens tonight. Best of luck to everybody. Have a blessed week. And I'm out. I'll see you guys next time.